You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is Friday, January 11th. Uh, The Leafs have played two games this week, one against Nashville, one against the Devils. Uh, This episode, I'm going to get into my Leafs Week in Review. That's going to be last. Uh, First, I'm going to get into some current NHL notes, um, some midseason NHL notes in terms of pretty much mid-season awards and then i'm going to get into some ohl trade talk uh just quickly touch on that who's going to be a contender uh which teams to which teams to watch out for essentially uh who got uh, big names that got moved right at the deadline and then as i said leafs week in review last uh the leafs just played just i just finished watching the devil's game uh you know for the most part decent but again i'll get into that later so first some current NHL notes. The one that's sweeping the, uh, the NHL right now has to be the Bobrovsky stuff. Uh, to me, that's absolutely wild. Uh, in his draft year, one of the better goalies in the NHL comes first comes out and says at the beginning of the year, "I don't want to sign with. I don't want an extension with this team because they threw me under the bus." Well, I mean, first of all, yeah, they did. He didn't really deserve all of that blame that he got, in my opinion. But that's just goalie supporting goalies the goalie union you know we got to stick up for one another it happens um so first he says he doesn't want to extend and now he's getting sent home for conduct not upholding to team standards right now being suspended towards not nobody knows anything on this one there was a team meeting on the tarmac this is absolutely wild i mean this probably might hurt depending how long it extends for it'll hurt if it extends long, obviously it's going to hurt his uh, bank account come the off season when he comes time to put pen to paper. But I don't know what the hell's going on here. Uh, more needs to there needs to be more to come out here. Um, maybe it's the blue, uh, the Blue Jackets just sabotaging him. But in that case, if they're sabotaging him, they're not going to get any trade value out of him. So Bob versus the Jackets. Bob versus Torts. This is this is going to be an interesting saga. We're going to keep our eye on this one we're going to keep note on this situation because this is absolutely nuts that one of the better goalies in the nhl he could help a lot of different teams i mean most notably i think calgary and i say calgary because yeah david riddick is playing well and i wouldn't move him first and foremost i would not move david riddick i would be sending mike smith the other way and i know it's not the most attractive for columbus a team that is in a playoff position but 
if they're and Calgary's going to have to give up a lot on this one, and that's part of where I disagree with what I've just said. So there's 50-50 on that one, but I say Calgary because Bob is one of the better goalies in the NHL. There's no doubt about that, but that's in the regular season. He has shown nothing so far in, in the playoffs. I mean, I don't even think that he's gotten out of the first round in his career. And he, if he has, it's, it hasn't, and if his team has when he's been there, it hasn't been due to his play. So I'm just going to pull that up quick. Yeah, five, six games played five one six five six uh, but when you look at his goals against average i mean 923 when he first got uh 932 when he first got to columbus that was his vesna year 923 918 908 slipped a little 931 921 this year not doing they didn't start too too hot 906 but there's no doubting he's a very very talented goalie and maybe a change of scenery to Calgary could boost his confidence and he could do very well in the playoffs. But here's where I say Calgary doesn't go after him. I think it's a good fit in terms of if he were ju- he were just, I don't know, if he was acquired cheap by Calgary. But he's not going to be cheap. He's a very, very good goaltender. And Calgary gave up a ton to acquire Travis Hammonick, going another year without their top picks and even lo- possibly losing some top prospects would not be the best for the future of Calgary right now. They do have some pretty hot defensemen right now in Oliver Shillington, Yusuf Alamaki, and Rasmus Anderson. But, I mean, TJ Brody's coming up, going to expire in the next couple of years. Travis Hamnick's going to walk. You want those guys to walk in, and you want that top six to be banging from these young guys. So, I went on a little bit of a spiel there, but yeah, Sergei Bobrovsky, that's going to be an interesting one to to watch um it's going to be especially because the trade deadline is in about uh what two months or so so we'll keep our eye on that one next up um the oilers suck i know this is not a surprise because of what happened last year but they started off the season pretty well with todd mcclellan then they faltered then they fired mcclellan then they brought in uh hitch and then they started they got hot again and now they're faltering again. So the only logical explanation for what the Oilers need to do to get back on track is to fire their coach again and then just keep doing this until playoffs. And hopefully by then you have someone that will stick uh, and you will have a record that will get you into the playoffs. Uh, but bottom line, that was, uh, that was just a joke. But bottom line, this team has no depth. This team is putrid, plain and simple. Outside of McDavid, I mean, have you been seeing like what they've been putting around McDavid lately is criminal. I know you're paying him a ton of money, but come on, at least give him some decent guys to play with. Don't get Jujar Kahara and uh, who's the other one? Uh, I'm looking at the roster right now. I can't even remember his name. The crazy guy, no visor, uh, not the most talented, Zach Cassian. Zach Cassian has five points this year. Five points in 40 games. Jujar Kahara has 13 and 39. Those are fourth-line players. Those are fourth-line numbers. Why is McDavid playing with them? Why? I don't understand. I know he makes people around him better. Blah, blah. He's one of those players. But, like, come on. Like, at least give him something. Give him a scarecrow instead. I think that might be an upgrade on Zach Cassian's 
uh, offensive abilities. Like, come on. I know you want to protect him. He's been having getting a couple of cheap shots here and there. But I don't know. Like, some, someone just slightly better than than those two guys, please. I know it's hard to ask because this team is such a tire fire. But the, you got to pair your best player with something a little bit better than the two names I just listed off there. I mean, come on. His, his agent's going to call him. Like, eventually, if you keep, if Edmonton keeps up this garbage, they're going to, they, he's going to want out. No? I mean, like, come on. Think about it. Five years from now, into his contract, he still hasn't won anything. The team's still, if this team's still a tire fire, I mean, something's got to give. This kid's going to get pissed off. And either, I don't even know. I, I doubt he leaves, but this is. I don't like it'll take a lot a lot a lot more than what this is for him to leave but like come on just treat the guy with a little respect give him someone half decent for him to play with even Puyi Yarvi I know he hasn't been great this year but just like someone that like, he was third overall at least like give him a chance or something like that don't give him the fourth line and ugh, that's just disgusting to see to be honest so that's my little rant about the Oilers. They stink. Keep firing your coach. I mean, that seems to be the only thing that's working. Uh, the only thing that's masking this god-awful roster that you've been playing. I mean, Clefbaum's been out, but one defenseman being out, I mean, I don't think this, this that's the result. That's what's caused the Oilers to be this bad. You have three good forwards. Somehow Chieson's been, I don't know, 17 goals. That makes no sense to me. Uh, how has he been doing lately? I don't know. I don't watch the others. Thank God. Two goals in the last five games. I don't know. All he all he does is he just scores. He just scores. That's it's the most incredible thing for to to see right now because that guy can't skate. So, anyways, not the most breaking news, but I just want to I just want to air some grievances about Connor McDavid's line mates. Give him something, please, Hitch, please. Um, so right now we're around the. F- the the 40 the halfway mark in the nhl uh most teams if not all have passed other than florida florida's looks like the only team that's played only 41 uh and that's the halfway mark that's the halfway mark in the season so right now if the playoffs were to start right now montreal would be out by one point uh i don't think this includes what happened to them tonight and that is that they they're playing right now. Why can't I find it? And that they lost. They lost tonight. I'm not sure if that includes that. It might. But right now they're sitting at 51. Buffalo's at 52. The Islanders are at 52. Both of those teams with less games played than Montreal. And it seems like it's just Montreal, Buffalo, Islanders battling it out for these. I mean, Columbus is at 53. Pittsburgh's at 54. The standings are still very, very close. Boston's at 54. Leafs are at 58. They're a little bit ahead, but still half a season to go. So uh, teams that are trailing off, uh, Carolina, not the most shocking thing. They don't. They haven't been, I mean, I haven't run the exact numbers, but this team can't score. You know what they would really need? They would. I think Jeff, like a player like Jeff Skinner, if you were to acquire him, oh, wait, ha, you're not because you traded him for a couple of uh, second-round pick in Cliff Poo. You're in fourth last in the league. You can't score. Like, I know you're not. 
I know Jeff Skinner is going to walk. He was going to walk from Carolina at the end of the season anyways, but why not like trade him at the trade deadline or something? I mean, like you let him walk for way too little and now your team can't score and they're suffering and they can't keep it out of their net because they uh, Scott Darling decided that he, pro- he probably heard that I said, hey, Scott Darling's a good goalie and he just decided to stop playing well. And that, that really hurts my feelings. So... Carolina, I mean, they're they're right there. They're twenty eighteen and five. They're a couple. They're about what is it? They are six points back of Montreal. They have they have two games in hand on Montreal though, but they just can't score. They're fourth last in the league. How did? They, I mean, it's a decent record for their goal differential, which is currently at minus eleven. But that, this is just such a bad look on the team. And now they're looking to trade Dougie Hamilton again. I highly doubt they're going to get face value for Dougie Hamilton. I mean, this being his... Carolina's his third team. Imagine if he goes to his fourth. I mean, that, that trade value is just going to go through the... Like, in the toilet. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be in the toilet. But even though he's a fantastic defenseman, I'm not in the locker room. I have no idea what he's like there. Maybe there's something there. I have no idea. I refused to believe it before, but now you, you you can't not believe that. There's something going on there. How can this guy get dealt to three different teams? He's a 93 born, so he's a 20. He's 25. He put he's put up, I believe, 50 points in one season. He's he's a fantastic defenseman numbers wise, but why does he keep moving? He's such a suitcase. So. Anyways, if the playoffs were to start today, Washington Washington would play the Islanders. Tampa Bay would play Buffalo. Leafs would play Boston again. That would be exciting. Hopefully they can move through that one. I'll get on I'll get back into a little more detail on that in one second. And Pittsburgh would play Columbus. That would be interesting. Especially consider it would be interesting if Bobrovsky was playing. I don't like Corpus Allo enough for him to be the starting goalie there. He's a backup. He's a backup. Bobrovsky is someone you need. And thank God Pittsburgh's thanking the stars that Matt Murray's finally found his game. His save percentage has creeped up to 913 right now. So the Penguins are, are a scary one. I mean, I don't think anyone was really doubting at the beginning of the season that they were going to miss the playoffs because it seems like they do that every this every year. And and now seems the time that it seems like it's the time that they're coming into form and playing Penguins hockey. So... Uh, some teams that have disappointed this season, obviously Philadelphia, just the goaltending carousel that's been not going on there. Oh my God. If you're a goalie and you're considering retiring, don't because Philadelphia might sign you. I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. My, my bags are packed every day. My phone's on. The ringer's on every day. I'm waiting for Philadelphia's call. Uh, another team that's been disappointing, not too, 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 too surprising is New Jersey. Uh, and I say that they're disappointing because they made the playoffs last year. But this year, away from home, they're 5-15-3. and three. Just horrendous. They, their goaltending hasn't been that great. I mean, Corey Schneider's just fallen off the face of the earth. Keith Kincaid is a good backup. I don't think he's a starting caliber goalie. He's have to start every game. Mackenzie Blackwood's injured right now. Maybe he can start to take some games away from Kincaid he's looked solid in his couple appearances he was a very good goalie with uh Barry had a tough start to his pro career last year so 
I'd keep my eye on that one. He he could be a promising one. So New Jersey, I mean, it's not too too surprising because I didn't expect them to make the playoffs last year. They lack elite scoring talent. I mean, outside of Hall, name anyone elite on that team. His year could be elite in the future. Other than that, it's it's kind of thin there. Kyle Palmieri's decent. Zaka has not come into form. I mean, he was. People make fun of the Lawson Kraus pick. Zaka hasn't been over twenty five points. He's a great skater, and he, he had some flashes tonight of brilliance, but. He went sixth overall in a draft that was just absolutely loaded with talent. I mean, when you look at the names that he was drafted ahead of, it's it's really disappointed. Disappointing to see how he's been playing as of late. 97 born, so he's 2015. So that's the Barzal year. The infamous Barzal just kept getting snubbed. Miko Rantanen went at 10. Timo Meyer, who's been hot, 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 hot. Oh, my. He's been Daytona Beach on spring break. Hot. Zach Wierenski, one of the better. He's been awesome. Uh, this, uh, he's, he is awesome. Uh, I don't know exactly. He's been decent this year. Again, uh, Ivan Provorov, one of the better defensemen on Philadelphia. And then Zach at 6. That's a really ugly look for them. So... I think maybe he can. He's still young. I wouldn't give up on him yet, but New Jersey's probably not. New Jersey management's probably not the happiest with the way he's developed. Anyways, and then as expected, we got guys in the basement here. Uh, Rangers are not in a playoff spot. Fans probably want that. Don't want them to creep too much higher into the standings as they are rebuilding. And I think the, the way that we saw like Vitaly Kravtsov play in the, the World Junior Tournament they're doing an okay job they're acquiring a lot of picks and i think that they have there's the potential for a lot more picks to be acquired at the deadline this year because so many guys have expiring contracts i.e kevin hayes so we'll see what new jersey new york could make a big splash at the deadline and acquire a lot of assets moving over into the west if the playoffs were to start today uh currently calgary yes calgary is first in the West. How did this happen? Well, David Riddich, as I said, has saved their goaltending nightmare that was Mike Smith. I don't know what happened there. Uh, watched a little bit of Mike Smith this year, and it's he does not look like the same goaltender from last year. I don't know what happened. If something's if he's injured or something, but anyways, won't get too into detail on that. Calgary's in first. They added, they made some solid ads ads in the offseason. I know James Neal hasn't been great. I thought that contract was a little steep, but adding Elias Lindholm, uh, even Noah Hannafin has been a contributing factor for the Flames back there. They've gotten very good play from Matthew Kachuk. They're just a really deep lineup that makes them pretty difficult to play against. So flames at number one i don't expect them to stay there but that's a solid i mean they've been awesome this year i think san jose will catch up to them considering carlson's just lighting the world on fire but playoffs were to start today it would be calgary minnesota somehow minnesota snuck in there i thought they were playing a lot worse this year but calgary minnesota nashville no surprise there um they've been a they're just a very solid team they're very well built and they would play Colorado, that Ronson and McKinnon Landeskog line that's just oh, oh one of the better lines in the league. My goodness. Um, uh, but 
again, they too they lack depth. So I think Nashville will have their hands full with that top line, but and their goaltending and Colorado's goaltending is pretty good as well. But I think Nashville will pull through on that one. And then the other games would be Vegas, San Jose, Winnipeg, Dallas. Um, some surprises in the basement here. St. Louis, they made a couple great acquisitions in the offseason. And Ryan O'Reilly, they added Tyler Bozak. They added Patrick Maroon for absolutely nothing. I may be missing some, but I don't have the whole list in front of me. Um, and they're 18, 20, and 4. I mean... Jake Gallen just has not been the goaltender that they needed from him this year. And certain guys have just not performed as they thought. And they find themselves in the basement. So that's going to be a tough trade deadline uh, for Doug Armstrong and co. Because they're supposed to be winning and they're not. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see whether he thinks they stand pat and they go forward with what they have. Because they do have a lot of good players on term. Or if they just blow up the whole operation and keep their young guys. Because there is rumors that they want to trade Braden Shen. Um, other notable slug has been the Los Angeles Kings. I don't know what happened with them. They were decent last year. I thought they added Kovalchuk. And I think I think I thought Kovalchuk still had game. I had watched him a little bit here and there. World, world Championships, goal, uh, Olympics, and this and that. And I thought that he still and highlights... I thought he still had games. One-timers still incredible, but they're in the basement because they're a bunch of slugs and they can't skate. Um, Anaheim's at sit, currently sitting outside of a playoff spot. They should be way outside of a playoff spot if it weren't for John Gibson because that guy's an absolute stud. He is... I'll get into some... I'll get into the awards now. What the hell? Um, I don't know how people are going to vote on it if Anaheim's outside of the playoffs, but right now my Vesna would hands down be John Gibson. He's just the best goaltender in the league. Like his team is terrible and they don't get any shots and yet they're in a position where they can still make the playoffs. Why? Because of John Gibson. He leads the league in gold saved above above average over Frederick and if sure if you say that you need to make the playoffs i don't know some people really heavily emphasize uh the players playoff that the players team makes the playoff for them to win most of the awards so my number two obviously uh, my number two right now it's been pretty close i would give it to frederick anderson though he's been solid for the toronto maple leafs the leafs defense isn't the best but he's made up for the deficiencies. He's coming off of injury very soon. And I think that the if he comes back to full form, which hopefully he does, fingers crossed, um, that he will, that that team's play will be boosted tenfold. No doubt about it. Um, some people are saying uh, Andre Vasilevsky. Um, I've seen some charts where he's a very good goaltender, don't get me wrong, and he's putting up some good numbers. But... I don't know. Sean Tierney has posted some charts where it shows that he's pretty much... I mean, the team in front of him has been solid, and that's what shows that those numbers... where those numbers come through. So, I think Pecorine in the end of the, at the end of the year will again also be in strong contention. He's been solid this year. He just played the Leafs recently. We got a good look at him. Didn't get the most amount of shots, but he got a shutout, and he earned it because he made some pretty damn good saves on John Tavares and company. Um, so yeah, that goes for my Vesna. John Gibson right now, runaway winner if they make the playoffs. 
Um, my prediction, if they don't, he's been he's he's been the best goalie this year by far. And then my number two would be Anderson. My number three, I'll give to. Ben Bishop has been surprisingly good. Um, but I think, I mean, uh, I'm going to give it to, this is a tough one. I don't know. One and two, John Gibson Anderson. That's what I'm going to leave it at. Um, another surprise of this year I just want to throw out there is Robin Leonard got recently got clean this summer and he has been much, much better. Uh, he had issues with sleeping pills and alcohol so it's very good to see that he's doing well and the islanders fans have couldn't be happier with what they got for such a cheap deal Uh, moving on into i'm gonna go with the norris right now because that's another oh my one note on the vesna a couple years ago devin dubnik was pretty much the runaway favorite to win the vesna and he just absolutely laid an egg in the second half of the season and that's why you don't remember him being a runaway favorite for vesna because he just stunk and his numbers went through the toilet Uh, i believe it was two years ago i'm gonna try to pull up who won he was right there with bobrovsky i remember i think it was bobrovsky that ended up winning it or maybe it was the braden holt year no, it was the Bobrovsky year, I think. Anyways, so goaltending is is fickle. We could see someone go on a great run and run away with the Vesna Trophy, and we could see the top two guys that I just listed absolutely lay an egg. So those were just my awards as of right now um, that I'm stating. So moving on, the Norris, this one's been really close. Leaf fans have been crying that Riley should be in Norris talks which he obviously should be he's over a point per game right now he fell out of the points lead because Brent Burns and Eric Carlson are just treating treating the league like they're a former pro in men's league in in beer league right now this is absolutely ridiculous what they've been putting up I'm going to pull up some of the numbers that they're putting up right now Eric Carlson's on a 14 game uh, point streak right now He, he got suspended for a couple games so it's not consecutive games but it's consecutive appearances. Uh, in his last one, I don't even know. Let's let's take a look. In his last seven games, he has 17 points. Whole and one goal. So 16 assists. This is 26 minutes play. This guy's just an absolute freak. And then you got Brent Burns. I mean, this was as expected, but they didn't start as hot as people would as people expected them to and they are just i mean this is this is just child's play for them burns in their last game against edmonton uh two points he had zero against la but then before that he had three assists four points goal three assists one goal one assist two points and then one goal i mean both of these guys holy this is gonna be an interesting conversation at the end of the year if both of them are nominated i don't think both of them will get nominated but this has just been silly uh anyways moving on mark giordano i think i mean i'm not saying this because i've been on the ice with him and i've met him a bunch and i've talked to him a bunch but he's been awesome this year 43 points 43 games 37 assists there he plays almost 25 minutes a night and his possession numbers are unreal i mean 
they're like 4.3 Corsi Rel with a 51.2 ozone start percentage is just that's incredible and year after year he's posting numbers like this the fact that he's 35 and doing this he's got a couple years left and i'm not concerned that with that contract mainly because i've seen the way he trains and he's an absolute freak he puts his soul into the game and calgary should be thanking their lucky stars that they have such a great captain like him so other guys that I, mean, I don't think Thomas Shabbat's in contention for the Norris, but he's been awesome this year. 38 points in 38 games. Are you kidding me? The new Carlson is in town. Too bad that they, the Senators suck and they're run by an absolute mental case. So right now, who would I give the Nor- uh, Norris to? I mean, John Carlson's almost there too. With a, He's almost at a point per game as well. There's a... Just the amount of defensemen with that are over 30 points. There's 12 defensemen over 30 points right now, which is about almost a point seven points per game. That's that's insanity. That's absolute insanity. I mean, last year, even last year we saw a lot of them. There's about how many? 11, 12-ish defensemen. So. The, the amount of defensemen right now that are at a point of game is just silly. And the amount of defensemen that you could argue and have a legitimate case for who is the Nor- who is a, the top contender for Norris is just silly right now. Um, to me, I would give it to, I'm going to say Mark Giordano, just the way that he's been playing this year. Now, uh, what a, I mean, it's, I think right now he has more points than he did last year. Uh, his possession numbers are terrific. He plays so well at both ends of the ice. Um, but I'm gonna—I'm actually gonna go with the homer pick. I'm gonna go with Morgan Riley. I've really liked the way that he's flourished offensively this year. We saw some good offense from him last year as well, but he's just taken it to a whole nother level. Never mind, scratch that. I'm going Morgan Riley. The fact that he's not in the All Star game is just ridiculous. It should be all Leafs, in my opinion. Just a Leafs All Star game. Yeah. Um, and then right now for the Hart Trophy, moving on. Uh, Nikita Kucherov leads the league in points. Rantanen fell, well, he fell, he fell off from the lead. He's not fallen off. I mean, 68 and 44 is just silly. I don't know. I mean, Colorado's pretty much going to just have to give him a blank check after this year because this is this kid's just been on fire. Johnny Goudreau has been another one that's been on fire. Nathan McKinnon, Mika Rantanen's line mate. Obviously, Connor McDavid because he's just filthy. Um, so the heart pick, this is another tough one. Uh, so many good guys that you have a, a strong case for. Jeez. Um, I'm going to have to go with... I'm going to go with Nikita Kucherov. I know he's been hot as of late, and his team is very, very good. Er, I'm going to go 1A, 1B, Kucherov, Goudreau. Because Goudreau... I mean, just the way that he drives his line. I mean, Sean Monaghan is a very good player, but I think that Goudreau just takes that line to another level. Uh, Same thing with Kucherov. So it'll be interesting to see going down to the wire. If I have to give, if I have to pick, I'm going to go Kucherov right now as my heart trophy. He's just so electric out there, and he's such a treat to watch. And Tampa fans are so lucky that they locked that guy up 
for the coming years because he's just such a special player. So Hart Trophy, Nikita Kucherov. Norris Trophy, I'm going with the homer pick, Morgan Riley. Vesna, I I wish I could go with the homer pick, Frederick Anderson, but I can't. John Gibson has just been too good this year. And by the end of the year, the Rocket, I'm just going to, I'm going to say Ovi. Um, I keep saying for the past couple of years, I've said that, uh, I said that Patrick Line is going to take it, but unfortunately, last year I came close. Last year I came very close, and if Line had a bit of a slump at one point in the season, but he, um, so that's why he didn't uh, win it. But I came close on that one. I'm not gonna lie. And then Calder Trophy. I'm going to stick with my mid, uh, preseason prediction in uh, Elias Pettersson. He's just he's just too good. He's so in the Vancouver, the least played Vancouver on Saturday and they didn't have Pettersson and it was very 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 noticeable. I mean, the kid's only 20 years old and you're, the team relies on him that much. Are you kidding me? So if he plays I'm going to go with, I'm going to stick with what Ray Ray Ferraro said. If he plays at least 60 games this year, I guarantee that he wins the Calder. He's just been stupid this year um so my awards what i think is gonna my my awards for so far uh norris riley hart kucherov vesna john gibson called the trophy elias Pettersson. i don't know but i'm not gonna go into the sulky whatever um so those are my picks right now my pick for teams outside of a playoff spot that could make it um, I don't think I really have one. Maybe Montreal, they're sitting outside of one. Originally, I did say Carolina, but I just don't like what's going on there enough to say Carolina. So I think these Anaheim could sneak in uh, instead of Minnesota, but Anaheim's just been so piss poor lately. It's hard to say that due to recency bias. One, six, and three in their last 10. Are you kidding me? score score like come on put the puck in the net it's not that hard john gibson makes how many saves a night and you can't put like a couple past the other team's goalie come on so anyways moving on from the ohl i'm gonna get some trade deadline notes for for moving on from the nhl i'm gonna get some trade deadline notes for the ohl some big names were moved uh from team canada uh some names that uh people that watch the world juniors would recognize uh nick suzuki was moved in a three-player deal to guelph um with leafs prospect sean dersey uh they were traded for a couple of young three young guys um i think we're i don't know how many of them are young but this one didn't involve as many picks as other ones did but nick suzuki from team canada was on the move um Jack Studnika from Team Canada was on the move. Mackenzie Entwistle from Team Canada was on the move. And Marcus Phillips was also on the move. Owen Tippett. And that was all from Team Canada. So, Suzuki went to Guelph. Entwistle also went to Guelph. And Marcus Phillips also went to Guelph. Not bad, huh? Guelph gave up a ton of... Uh, a ton to acquire those players but they remember they also traded ryan merkley for a ton of picks as well so that helped them to lessen the mortgage on their future um 
Guelph also did acquire Leafs prospect Fedor Gordiev. He's not the most offensively gifted player, but he's a pretty big body, and hopefully he can bring some physicality to that lineup. Um, so Guelph right now is currently, last time I checked, they were in third in the Western Conference. Let's check if it's the same right now. They're in fourth. Uh, they're five points back of Saginaw, who's in third. London currently sits in first. Uh, London's got a solid team there. So the West right now, just such a... The wild, wild West, so competitive right now. Um, another team that did load up is the Saginaw Spirit, acquiring Mississaugas, two big guns, and Ryan McLeod and Owen Tippett. They gave up an absolute king's ransom to acquire those two. Um the exact amount so Tippett was moved for two seconds adrian pruder who's a 2001 born late birthday so his drafters next year he's about a 0.5 per game uh they also got two thirds and two sevenths and then they also had to give up in order to get ryan mcleod they gave up two seconds one of them i believe is conditional duncan penman and three thirds so that's a total of, including the conditional one, that's a total of 11 picks from Saginaw to Mississauga. Hello. What a haul for Mississauga. I heard they were going to try to go for it this year, but that makes no sense because they just stunk. Anyways, um, so Saginaw and Guelph making the West very competitive. Uh Sault Ste. Marie is also another competitive one in the West. They didn't do too much, I don't believe, in the trade deadline. They acquired Jaden Pekka from Barry. He's just a depth player. He's going to help them with some depth. He was only a sixth-round pick, pretty cheap. Um, they have Team Canada forward Morgan Frost on their team, Team Canada forward Barrett Hayton on their team, Leafs pick... Uh, Leafs, sorry, Leafs fourth round pick from last year. Mac Hollowell is also a good player. Jordan Sambrook, young guy Ryan O'Rourke, I kind of like too. And their goalie Matthew Valalto is pretty solid. So right now the West just so competitive. And there's four teams right there that are all just going to be in an absolute dogfight for the Western Conference Championship. In the Eastern Conference, Ottawa didn't have to do too much. They already acquired... Michael DiPietro, before the World Juniors, he got one game in before he came over to Victoria to play for the team. Uh, Niagara acquired Jack Stagnica and overage defenseman Matt Robert uh, Matt Brassard. Sorry, they had to give up their first round pick from last year, Leighton Moore, as well as three second round picks and three third picks. Now that's that's a lot. That's you're putting a lot into this year. That's for sure because they already acquired Jason Robertson earlier this year. They're going to be a really tough team to play. Uh, Stephen Dillon, their goaltender, is also pretty good in there. Uh, Keel Thomas is a very good player, and Ben Jones also, and as well as Kirill Maximov. So Niagara's pretty set. So the top teams in the East, I would say, the really really competitive ones. I'm going to stamp Ottawa. Who's got Sasha Shemilevsky. Um, he played for USA in the in the World Juniors. He was pretty good for them there. I think he had two points in the gold medal game. 
a goal and an assist. Yeah, he did have two points in the gold medal game. He was very good in that tournament. They have Ty Felliber, one of the top overage players, on just under Justin Brazo, I would say. Uh, he's got 69 points. Nice. In 40 games this year. Austin Keaton. Uh, he's going to... You might see his name in the draft coming uh, this 2019. He's a 99 born. He's passed in the past two of them. But he's got 57 and 40. They just acquired Kyle Maxim, Maximovich, uh, who played for Erie. I believe he went to the Memorial Cup with... Yeah, he did go to the Memorial Cup with Erie uh, back when Dylan Strom was the captain. Um, also, they did acquire Lucas Chiodo from Barry. He's an overager. He's been pretty good for Barry this year. 50 points in 39 games. Noel Hoffenmeyer is a third-round pick of the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, he's a solid defenseman. He was very good for them in last year in the playoffs. Pretty mobile. Can add some scoring from the back end. 38 points in 40 games. Not bad. And Marco Rossi, who's going to be eligible for the draft next year. 30 points in 25 games so far this year. And as I mentioned, their goaltender, Michael DiPietro. That's why they're f- currently first in the East. Um, so right now, the competitive teams, the seven competitive teams, I would say, in the OHL from the West, London, because they're just, I don't even know what to call them, a dynasty team. Every year, they're good. Even last year. They sold at the deadline. They still were competitive. They were still a very competitive team. They've got... Some really, really good players there. Evan Bouchard, Liam Foodie's a pretty good player. Uh, Adam Bogfist, a Swedish defenseman, eighth overall to Chicago. Uh, Joey Keane, Rangers third-round pick. They got him from Barry. He's a very good player. Alec Rugul is not bad. Uh, and then on forward, Connor McMichael's been exceptional for them this year. He's going to go in the draft this coming year. Um, Antonio... Sh- no, not Antonio Stranges. I'm... Trying to think who it was. Oh, it was Antonio Stranges. He's been fantastic for them this year. He's going to be in the draft next year. Small, fantastic hands. Uh, but mainly it comes from... And then they acquired Kevin Hancock, who's been a pretty good player as well. And Nathan Dunkley they got from Frontenac's last year. He's not bad. But mainly it comes from their back end. That they're, su- they're such a strong team. And their goaltending's not bad too. So, London, Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw, Guelph... Uh, Saginaw and Guelph, two teams that acquired a lot of uh, firepower at the deadline to make them competitive. And then in the East, Ottawa, Niagara, even Oshawa, I think, is going to be a fairly tough team to play. Um, If I had to pick a winner right now, it's going to be tight. It's a tough one to pick. I'm going to go with... Damn. I'm going to stick with Ottawa. I think they have some... They have a really good goalie. He's got some great experience in net. He's going to look for some redemption after that uh, a disappointing result at the World Junior. I don't think he played that bad. Um, there's a couple good overagers on the team. A couple fantastic playmakers. Um, so I think Ottawa's going to take the OHL this year. Uh, so moving on, my last little segment that I've got... Leafs week in review. So, that game against Nashville, it was an ugly result. For the most part, the Leafs were right there with them. Two late third period goals made the score look like it was a lot more of a 
one-sided battle than it actually was. I think that at one point in each of the in the game, I thought that each line did some good things. However, we did not get enough consistency from each line shift to shift and that led to their downfall i thought the fourth line was actually the best line on the team they were the most consistent although they did only take like what seven shifts or so i think that gotier had a couple nice rushes trevor moore they were able to keep the puck in the nashville zone a decent amount so as disappointing as that sounds yeah i give the fourth line our best line on this in this game um but anyways, um, William Nylander did not score, obviously. Disappointing. Uh, I thought that the the Matthews line was very good to start. I mean, they had a nice chance in the opening shift. And then we saw Matthews take a... I don't even want to call it a slap shot because he just never does it. What do you, We should call that a, a smack shoot or something. Hit the post. It was so weird seeing him... The, the stick come off the ice and him shooting really strange i don't know keep our eye open if he does that again um but then they were very good in the first period uh, a couple good chances here and there they were buzzing out there but then in the second period it's kind of ugly when they put their fourth line forwards out there they did have their they did have pk out there on their d they did have some strong d to match up against us but when we've got Matthews, Janssen, Nylander out there versus who? Austin Watson and the boys. I don't even know. I don't even want to say his name. Just call him 51. That even is his number. Whatever. Um, but when they put that, that fourth line out there and they're able, they're able to score against our first line, it's kind of disappointing. And I think it, uh, I didn't really see too, too much from the Matthews line after that. Hutchinson, I thought, in both games played. He had, I'll give him, five good periods. That second period in the New Jersey game was disappointing. I think it was just that one goal. It's kind of tough to handle that tip on Blake Coleman. I'll get into that in a bit. In a bit but he was okay. It wasn't too bad uh, for the Leafs. He was he did exactly what they needed. Uh, he, did, he performed... At a satisfactory level, I'll give him pretty much. Um, other notes that I had from this game. Um, oh, that's what I was missing. The Matthews line then did. They had their couple opening shift chances. The disallowed goal was kind of a momentum swing. That's, that's just so close. I mean, and Matthews... Matthews' ability to score that goal too, the hands and the positioning on the kid, that's just fantastic work by him. I think this is a completely different game if um, if Matthews' goal is allowed. Because at that point, what was it, 0-0? I believe at that point it was, only zero, it was still 0-0. No, it was one nothing. Anyways, doesn't matter. That just swung the momentum like crazy. Um, if you throw in the post in there, there was two posts. Kapanen hit the post as well. So two posts and a disallowed goal. This game's a complete. It's a completely different ball game. The boys are probably buzzing way more if that goal goes in too. 
if those both of those goals go in as well uh and so that nashville game i don't think the score really indicated how they played and it's just i don't know hockey gods were just not on their side in that night i'm gonna chalk that up too and i know that's a really cheeky cheesy way it's a it's a, a cop out but when you look at it two posts and a disallowed goal and you lose four nothing even though one of the goals was just in garbo time garbo time uh i mean it's it's such a close game there so i don't think they played well by any stretch of the imagination we did not get enough consistency from the forward lines um i don't think anyone really did i don't know i don't think anyone on d played that that bad um but yeah the, the forwards were nowhere near as consistent as they needed to be and look what happened they weren't able to bust through that adversity that they were faced with. Uh, Pecorine did play pretty well. I know he only faced 18 shots, but I mean, a couple posts, obviously, which he's not responsible for. But John Tavares, I thought, had a couple good chances. Um, uh, there was one play uh, Tavares to Marner. He made a good save, as well as... Tavares when he threw it through the legs there was a couple other pretty good saves he made one on Matthews I believe as well so a couple good saves by Pecorine uh, and he got the job done on his end so there was also one play where Matthews missed uh, an open net too so there I mean just the hockey guys not being on our side we out, I mean we were out shot 32 to 18 but I don't think that just what the stat sheet shows is indicative of just how what bad puck luck the team got that night and as a result on that play uh, um, as a result the puck luck uh, they did they didn't respond how they should have and they didn't come out strong after they were faced with adversity in this game and as a result it turned into a four nothing game where they were outshot 32 to 18 that's my thoughts on this game um the beginning of the Devils game, though, they had clearly put it behind them because they were buzzing to start. That Hyman and Brown combo on the Hainsey goal, that was fantastic. That was just so much grit. And so it was so refreshing to have Hyman back in the lineup. I know a couple of years ago, you'd probably think you were insane if you were to ever say that. But Hyman's forechecking ability was fantastic, and it he was... 100% the reason that Hazy was able to score that goal. Brown, too. Brown provided it was um, one that chipped it in. He helped on the forecheck there, too. And they screened Kincaid, and they weren't able to. And. Sorry. And he was able. He didn't have a chance on that one. Uh, there was. Then there was uh, the Tavares, the two Tavares goals as well in the first period. Um. The Leafs just owned them in the first period. It looked like it was going to be an absolute blowout game of a game. Um, and then they kind of slowed down in this one. Um, I had a joke even written, but that was before New Jersey scored those two quick ones. That could have been a diff completely different game. If New Jersey scored those a couple minutes earlier, I, would be, I wouldn't be shocked at all to, if they scored a third one on Hutchinson. They got, Leafs got very, very lucky that... The period ran out, and they were able to regroup. And the they were able to regroup after that second period, 
which completely saved them in this game. Um, Hutchinson, I don't think, had to do too, too much. Um, he did make a huge save on Stafford. I really liked that one. Uh, I think there was maybe one other pretty good save, but unfortunately, that Boyle goal was complete doggy doo-doo. The Coleman one, not so much. It's kind of ha- tough to control a rebound off of, it, off of a tip, but that Boyle one... Him and Gardner just looked like a couple of sacks of meat on that one. Um, new segment I'm going to introduce until Nylander starts, gets out of this slump, we'll call it. I like the way he's played. He has like generated chances. He is moving the puck into the offensive zone very, very well. Uh, but just for fun, the segment's called What's Wrong With Will? Um, my first thing, he has too much money. He likes to carry too much money in his pants. And it's slowing him down a little bit. I mean, his signing bonus this year... Let's pull up the exact number. His signing bonus is what I'm going to make in a lifetime, pretty much. Uh, but there's a bunch of NHLers where that's the case. So, Will Nylander, signing bonus of $2 million. And then next year, it's 8 Okay, so next year, he's... You've heard it here first. Credit me. He's going to be even slower. Because he has more money in his pants. It's going to weigh him down even more. Uh, my second thing is beard. It's too patchy. It's too thick. Again, that's slowing him down. He looks a little slow because he's got all this money in this beard. and oh, yeah. So, if he, uh, if he donates some of the money to... Uh, if he donates some of the money to me, I'll give him my Venmo. Or my uh, my e-transfer, and if he shaves that beard, I think that we've got uh, 60 point, 80 point. You heard it here first. 80 point William Lander. Send me some money. Shave your beard. There we go. Uh, and in all honesty, back on a serious note, uh, he was moving his feet very well after Ray Ferraro actually called him out on that. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, there, he showed that one play where he was just not really skating, and. It didn't lead to anything. And then the rest of the plays, I think he was moving his feet very well. He got a decent chance, but missed on it. Um, it's just, uh, the goals are going to come for him. I think he he's an insanely talented player, and just, the goals are going to come. Just a matter of Because it's really hard to stick up for this. It's getting really hard to stick up for a guy that's making 10.277778. Holy Total salary of 12. Jeez. My God. Total salary of $12 million. He's not really getting all that because it's prorated, but still, I don't care. That's that's just such an insane amount of money. It's an insane number to look at. Holy hell. Anyways, I'm done salivating over Nylander's contract and wishing and praying that somehow we switch lives. Uh, anyways... Um, I think that the Leafs regrouped very well in the third period, and that was why they won this game. They started off hot. I think that was the biggest reason. But their ability to regroup and come back strong in that third period was the reason that they were able to win this game. Um, Hyman kind of fell off in this game, but it's his first game back from injury. That's going to happen. 
Another guy that's been slumping that had a couple chances that was promising this night was uh, number 43, Nazem Kadri. They put Nylander actually on his line. They gave Nylander a lot of chances tonight, and I think he played well. It's just, I don't know when these, these goals got to come soon. It's getting tough to defend this guy online. But Kadri, I think there was two goals in like the last 20-some-odd games. Um, there was one chance tonight where he just hit the goaltender when he was lying down. It was just such so much bad luck associated with what with Najem Kadri too. Uh, so hopefully soon we'll see Najem Kadri in 43-29. and 29. On the game sheet in a good way, not taking penalties in a good way, sooner rather than later. Uh, those were all my notes. I think um, outside of that one goal by Boyle, Hutchinson played well enough for the Leafs to win. Uh, that Marner line, Marner Tavares, uh, Hyman, Marner Tavares Hyman line was the best line on the ice. Matthews's line did not do enough. Matthews, I thought, had a, it was promising. I, just, I didn't like what I saw from Kapanen and Janssen. Um, the goals are going to come from that 43-29-12 uh, line, and that being Mart- I mean, Nylander, Kadri. That was the line, right? I'm guessing. I don't know. The goals are going to come from those guys because none pretty much have come from them right now. Um yeah so two good periods one bad one we still came out with a win a little lucky if you if you think of it that way because that third period could have turned ugly as a result from the second period so but overall i think we outplayed new jersey in this one and it's a good two points on the board so uh looking forward to saturday's game they play the bruins correct they play the Bruins. Yeah. They play the Bruins 7 o'clock at home. They got to come away with a win on this one. I mean, to they've been on a... I'm outside of this game, they didn't... They haven't looked terrific in their past couple. I mean, beating... Your, only, your last two wins coming against New Jersey and Vancouver should be... I mean, you should be beating those teams. Um, you just... They need to have a strong showing against the playoff team. I think that'll really turn things around. And I think Frederick Anderson, don't quote me on this, but I think Frederick Anderson's coming back Saturday. So that'll be a big boost to the morale, a big boost to the back end. And, you know, go Leafs go. Hopefully they can get it done. Uh, that's all from my uh, I'll be back on Monday. I'll be back on Monday. I'll recap the Boston game and get into any other, uh, get into some other uh, hockey news and notes. Uh, that, yeah, I'll get into some other hockey news and notes. Anyways, have a great Friday, everyone.